Welcome from the deep. I am Mike the Finder. And I am Book of Brett rocking the standless microphone today like a comedian. Why do you still have the, the noise thing on it? Well, because I can still do this. <laughs> I mean... Is that not... Thank you, God, for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes things are just hand-delivered to your doorstep, and that was one of them. Sometimes we can, yes, and... And today we're going to be talking about Psycho 2. Yes, sorry, Anthony Perkins from 19... I believe it's 83. It? I'm looking at the 83. back of the Scream Factory release I know here. It's, it's 22 years... I know it's 22 years off the um, off the original. Yes, it's 22 years later, and the infamous Norman Bates gets out of the psychiatric hospital that he has been in for the last 22 years. Uh, did, you no did, did you notice that they slid in a little social commentary in there? Because this is in the 80s when they were making like massive cuts to mental health oh, in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they do, they, I, I thought it was really funny that they kind of slid that in there. It's like, come on, guys, you know what movie this is. Don't do that. Well, there's a lot of stuff in here that is tied directly to the first movie. And it actually even opens yeah. up with the, with the opening scene. Just in case no one has seen Psycho, which I don't know who that person is. I don't know yeah, who I the person watching Psycho 2 that has not seen Psycho 1 is, but it has been I feel, 22 years in real life. Um, so I, 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 I feel like when it comes to sequels, um, the second one is not the one that you get no information going into on. Um, I feel like if, if a series gets to like 8, 9, 10, Marvel Land Before Time then you can kind of go into it because at some point you're going to get some version of a recap because at that point even people who have been watching the series are kind of like, yeah. okay, a lot of shit's happened. But yes, I don't think anybody has gone into Psycho 2 going, I don't need the first one. Yeah, I, well, also, uh, who is not seen Psycho? I think it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. And I think it's uh, one of the most well-known horror movies of all time, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, there have been so many <coughs> references to it throughout the years that, you know, how do you not at least have heard about it and then go, I wonder what that is. So going into this movie, um, I have seen this, I don't know, once or twice over the years. Have you had you seen this before? I had seen this more than a couple of times, okay. but it, it, it had been a long time. Since I'd seen it, um, I mean, like I, I still forgot how the movie ended. There were still kills that like caught me off guard. Yeah. So this is definitely not a first watch for me. But this was not one where I was like, this is one of those ones where you watch it and you're like, oh, I remember that almost in like a deja vu kind of way. Yeah. But not being connected to other things in the movie. Yeah, it's definitely uh, got some twists and turns in it that I did not remember for sure. Um, yeah. So before we get too far into this, uh, let's jump over to the podcast drive-in here. Uh, you can see Psycho 2 from 1983. I believe Psycho 1 is from 1960. So this is actually technically 23 years later. Um, this is directed by Richard Franklin. It's written by Tom Holland and Robert Bloch. Stars Anthony Perkins, Vera Miles, and Meg Tilly. And the IMDb one-sentence synopsis is, After a 22 years of psychiatric care, Norman Bates attempts to return to a life of solitude. 
but the specters of his crimes and his mother continue to haunt him. I think that's actually a pretty cool way of putting this. And I have to say... Yeah, without giving anything away. Yeah. Um, I think this might be in the running for best horror sequel of all time. At least, at least top five. Because, like, yeah, this is one of those movies that, like, because Hitchcock did the first one, it's so difficult to live up to the 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 standards that he set in Psycho 1. And I just feel like this, this is as close as we're going to get to getting another Hitchcock Psycho. And they fucking nailed it. Like, they nailed it. It definitely has that Hitchcock vibe to it. Yeah. Um, a lot of the a lot of the camera movements, which are in this yeah, movie, the lighting is just, fucking great the, too. The, the cinematography and the lighting are just absolutely phenomenal in this film. And I really feel like we get camera movements that are a lot more elaborate than what we probably would have seen from Hitchcock. You do have twenty two years worth of evolution in camera gear. What's well, not just that the whole movie definitely feels early 80s horror like you can tell that they were taking a page out of other horror movies that were happening while at the same time paying homage to the original psycho yeah yeah because we do still get a lot of shots in here that do feel very uh hitchcockian um the i saw somebody said something like we have uh you know a true sequel here but not a true sequel to the spirit of the movie i think it was like siskel or ebert and i'm paraphrasing that review but i think they're completely off the mark there um i think we have a good sequel here i think we have something that shows us what happened to norman um um, you know, after after the first one. And I think this is the way you do it the most realistic way because the only other option is to show what happens to him in the um, uh, in the institution. And you can't really do that with his mom, with the house, without basically pulling him out of the environment of Psycho completely. I think this is a really good way to show what happens to, to him afterwards without going, you know, completely off the rails as far as the Psycho universe goes. Well, I do love the core idea of this, of him getting out of the hospital. Like, because yeah. in, in Psycho 1, I, I was telling you, this is one of the first movies we've, well, this is the first movie we've watched together to review this. And when we were, when we got to the end scene, I was telling you, like, there's the, the end of Psycho 1 is so strong that it's almost impossible to top that ending. And the thing I enjoy about Cycle 2's ending is they don't try to top the, the first one because I think the filmmaker, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert Friedman? Robert, uh, Richard Franklin. Close, he got the initials right. I think that he was was self-aware enough to realize that there was no way he was topping the first one. And so he, he went after the ending in Psycho 2 in such a different way uh, that I think it's really strong and the whole movie can kind of stand on its own because of it. Well, the ending is also, it's still very similar to the next to last scene that we get in Psycho. Yeah. Where the therapist is kind of like going through his whole deal. Except the guy, I do have to say, not that not to get into Psycho 1 too much, but the therapist at the end that's explaining everything is so unbelievably 60s. <laughs> He's got the personality of an out of shape in shape guy from like the early part of the 19th century or 20th century where he's just like Norman ain't Norman no more. Like he's got like that whole thing going on. It's a great little speech too. 
It is a great little speech, but the whole time I'm sitting here and going like, okay, you definitely wear wife beaters outside of suits. Well, to be fair, everyone at that point did. It was the 60s. That's true. That's true. Not even then. I remember family reunions where the most dago-looking relatives would come out and just gut and just fucking wife beaters, and I'm just like, you don't belong here. This isn't the century. This isn't the decade for you anymore. All right, well, why but, don't you give me your um, your overall thoughts on Psycho 2? Because I'm really eager to hear what you thought about it. We, we, didn't, we did kill- watch this together, but we have not really talked about our thoughts on it. I, I mean, I really like Psycho 2. I really do. It's got some aspects of it, which I think we're going to get into, um, that I that just drive me a little bit nuts, Mary. And it, but other than that, it's 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 really good, and yeah, overall, highly highly recommended. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think that uh, I think the first time I saw this, I was really expecting to really just hate it. Uh, like yeah. like most classic movies, the sequels again, are how never do you top as good. The first one? Exactly, Psycho One is one of the great. It taught it taught an entire industry how to make a horror movie in a way that is full of tension and isn't it? Isn't it considered the first slasher? It depends on who you ask, uh, but technically, I would argue the first slasher is Black Christmas. There's a couple others that you could argue about that, but uh, regardless. Because uh, it doesn't have any of the slasher tropes or any of that other stuff. There's a lot of stuff that There's goes in to make it. There is a knife. You're right. They, and it does slash people. Um, yes. So. But no, the, it is not the it is not the first slasher. But oh, okay. Regardless. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think that this movie is really strong, especially when you consider it is a sequel to a classic. Because they are never, never, never as good, and. In the horror world, uh, sequels and and even series and entire and entire franchises, technically, if if we were to look at numbers and, and all of the sequels and all of the best horror franchises, they typically trend downward in quality um, because the the studios yeah. just don't give a shit about them after right. three, maybe sometimes four, and they just slide. And Psycho is no different. Once we start getting past. Three, I think all the sequels after three are really terrible. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not gonna sit here and shit on the remake? Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, I will. Okay, listen. <laughs> no one has done Norman Bates better than gorilla-headed Vince Vaughn. No one, huh? No one. Not not even Anthony Perkins. <laughs> Who? And that's the thing. I think. Uh, it amazes me that they were able to get him to come back. And I read at some point I was reading that um, he was really hesitant to do this because he knew how much of an impact that Psycho 1 made. And that right. he was really not on board until he read the script. And I, and after watching this, I think I totally understand why. Because like, if if we're looking at Norman Bates as a character, this is the perfect way to like really take him to the next point in his life. Because the last time we see him in Psycho 1, he's going into the hospital. Well, he's being arrested for his crimes. And the next step, obviously, is him going to a psych ward. So I love the idea that he spent more than 20 years in a psych ward and comes out and is cured. And then 
he he meets this girl Mary, which you said you you don't like because she is obviously the worst character in this movie. Yeah, helpless, utterly and totally helpless. Although I will say. When we do find out why she is the way that she is, a lot of it actually starts to make sense. Yeah, and it's a cool tie-in, yeah. But the boyfriend isn't part of that. The boyfriend is still me sitting here going, leave, leave. <laughs> well, it, it makes you phone. wonder, is is the boyfriend real? Because when you really start to think about how everything unfolds throughout this entire movie is the boyfriend actually a real person because of their whole plan with him um i don't know that's true i don't know like yeah i I, I would imagine the first half of this movie is her just acting and most if if not all of it is not true bitch (laughs) i hate her i hate her so much well i i I, I, go ahead go ahead I, i i i just she She's the bad person in this. You know what? I'm going to take a meme from the internet to explain in in vagueness how I feel. Leave Norman alone! <laughs> Leave him yeah. alone! I, I think... Okay, fuck it. Let's let's do spoilers, because I'm realizing okay, there's no real, that, there's no real way to talk about this without spoiling right, it. Right, 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 right. And as a segue, before we go into that, I do want to say this is a really... This is probably one of the earliest movies I can think of where it makes you feel for the bad guy it, from a moral, social standpoint. Because there is a point where I'm sitting here going like, He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. And then by the end, I'm sitting here going, do it. Do it again. Do it. Like, yeah. that, that's, well, I think that's the, the so best part about this is that it subverts your expectations because going yep. into this, you're like, oh, he's being released. Oh, yep. shit. He's going to go crazy on everybody again. And by the by the end, uh, he does go a little bit crazy, obviously. But that was yeah, by the but, intention of the people trying to make that happen. That's another thing about this, though, is it really this is another early movie that actually like touches on the serial killer thing as not so much them just being a villain, but it being treated as like a mental illness. Yeah, because there is so much conflict within Norman throughout this entire movie, and it does such a good job. And I'm not saying that from, like, we need to treat serial killers better. That's not what I mean. If you look at a lot of serial killers, they'll all say pretty much the same thing, which is, it's like a drug, it's like an addiction of any other kind, where eventually you end up having to pursue it, because you can't hold it back anymore. And I feel like this movie does that, really making him into this, like, realistic horror monster while still like injecting some humanity in there. Well, yeah, because it's it's the way that he comes out of that hospital legit trying to be a good person. He and looks w- like a human Labrador when he comes out. <laughs> he does. And and that's driven even further because of the the guy that he fires that's running the Bates Motel. Like right. the 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 moment he finds out that that guy has basically turned this place into a whorehouse. Uh, he fires that guy, gets rid of him, tries to do the right love thing. Roadside road assistant. Okay, you're right. An or adult road, hotel, I think, is what he said. <laughs> but either way, the moment he finds that out, he kicks. He fires that guy. He kicks him out. He tries to do. He tries to do the right thing, and then at his at his job that he actually has, not his motel job, but at the job at the diner, he meets Mary. Right. 
And that is where everything starts to kind of go off the rails. And what's crazy is that Mary somehow, without even trying, when you look at the beginning, knowing what's coming at the end, it's weird that he invites her throughout this whole thing. She doesn't even try to get into his house. Like, he's just like, come on, come on. And I think that's just to subvert your expectations, but... I don't know who else is going to use the peephole in the bedroom. I mean, yeah. you know, how else is he supposed to use it? But no, I, I think it just goes to show like how desperate he is for connection. Yeah, like having gone through what not I almost said gone through what he went through as if he was the victim. Um, after you know going through everything that he's done and dealing with that, and you know, and, and kind of having it all reversed and getting quote unquote cured. Um, which he's not, because that's not how mental health works. <laughs> but um, after you know he's he's able to get out and everything, it really shows like how desperate he is to make a change, which I really, really think lends itself to making us hate Mary and her mother even more by the end. Yeah, because uh, I mean, well, let's just get into spoilers here. I I think that um, yeah, put up a spoiler alert. Yeah. The the best part about this movie is the way that he's trying to be a good person and trying to come yeah. back as a regular person and make up for the things that he's done by just, you know, being a part of society. And when he meets Mary and and Mary and her mom have this plan going on to try to drive him back into the insane asylum because that was Mary's aunt, her mother's sister. Uh, that right. he killed in the first movie. Who also, I mean, kind of had it coming. I mean, do we not remember? Yeah. She stole $40,000 from someone. I mean, I don't think in 1960, that. that's like five billion. <laughs> I don't think that necessarily means that she deserves to die. No, but yeah, she is. She was not exactly a saint. 40 grand in 1960 is hit money. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> that's that's enough to get someone killed in 1960. <laughs> Let's not forget we still hadn't gotten fingerprints down. It was crazy easy to get away with somehow. Yeah. All this leads into Mary kind of it, does she fall in love with him? Is that what it is? I think she just starts to feel bad for him. It's this <laughs> weird like reverse um What's that syndrome where like you fall Stockholm in love syndrome. with your kid? So it's like a weird reverse Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Um, from like a mental aspect, she starts getting sympathetic towards him for the same reason that I did, which was there's no end game to their stupid, stupid, stupid plan. <laughs> well, the end like, game is to get him back into the hospital. Right, but the end game isn't achieved until you drive him to murder, and the only way you can do that is by being in the fucking house with him. Well, I'd- it's a stupid, <laughs> stupid fucking plan. That's true. It how is we- a really dumb plan. Yeah. How do we? How do we drive him to get back? And you know, how do we get him arrested again? Well, I think we have to make him go crazy, and we're gonna have to get him to get into like a murderous rage. Well, are we gonna have to get somebody to kill him? Yeah, probably. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to dress up like his mother and then we're going to go inside with him. Yeah. It is very like Scooby-Doo villain. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It absolutely is. Oh, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you. Crazy fucking psycho. 
It and doesn't I, make any but, sense. But and the, don't get me wrong, it didn't ruin the movie for me. Right. Except I, I, it was just the whole time I was just sitting here going like, this is a really big plan. You didn't think this through well, at all, I did you? I think the reason it doesn't ruin the movie is because the way it unfolds and when you find out and how you find out is actually really kind of intelligent and smart. Like, yeah, that's it, fair. It, it yeah. plays out in a way where, where it literally made us both go, oh, even though we've both seen this before years yep. ago, we both were like, oh, okay, right. That makes fucking sense. And even if it is his fucking mother, <laughs> here's, yeah. here's the thing I'm not crazy about in this movie. The very end, I, I am not crazy about where... The, the old lady from the diner shows up and is like, I'm your real mom. And he's like, oh, you are? Well, then I better murder you and put you in a recliner. It's the, it's the most throwaway story arc it's, of this whole thing. It's the thing. worst part of it this movie. Does it, it doesn't need to exist. Yeah. We, could have, we could have just ended with him walking up the stairs towards yeah. the house in the same framing and everything and the same obviously rotoscope sky in the background. Uh, it's such a cool fucking still, scene, it's, though. It, it's, it's so it's, dope. It's such a cool shot, and well, and that's the it's thing. It's actually the this shot right here from the from the cover. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really cool fucking shot. Yeah. Um, but we could have still had all of that, and I mentioned the rotoscoping not because it's bad, but because you still could have had that in there. Yeah. And you you could have had the exact same thing. And then just have his mother up there. Like, you could have literally thrown away the real mother thing. You could have made it up. I, I, don't, I don't know. It just, the whole thing felt very throwaway. Yeah. The problem is, is that it's really the only way that the last part of the third act gets driven into the ending that we get. Because he starts going, it's my real mother, it's my real mother, and then we see her. I think the smart thing to do would maybe be to, I don't know, elaborate on that a little bit more. But, well, if you, I mean, if you're going to have her in there, maybe elaborate a little bit more other than, this is why I wasn't around, bam. Yeah, I, I feel like this might be, it, it almost feels like the ending that we're talking about, that part of the ending was like written by studio executives like hey we need a way to be able to carry this as a franchise now and this this ending that you've written <laughs> doesn't work that way and we need right. norman to be able to continue his antics in psycho 3 if we choose to do so his, I, you said antics, and I just have this image in my head of just like <laughs> stab, <laughs> like skipping in his in his wig and his dress. Yeah, Whee! but uh, I mean, I think I think the idea that he still goes crazy and hears his mother's voice could still be driven home without the his quote real mother showing up, and it feels like one hundred percent, and it just feels a little bit too retconny like they're trying to to retcon the first movie completely by saying oh that wasn't his real mom and it kind of actually takes away that that's the thing is it takes away from the impact of the first movie having his mother drive him slowly insane from the first film and then you go and at the very end of the second film you're saying oh wait no no that wasn't his actual mother this is his real right. mother and it just right. ruins not ruins but it, it just takes away from the impact of the first movie it throws it off a little bit but yeah, for sure. It's very. If for some reason, while we were watching it, I was thinking of that Family Guy bit, and then I found out it hit my wife. And then I found out my wife's been dead for seven years. 
who the hell did I hit? <laughs> that's yeah. that's really really how it feels because it's it's this whole thing of like, okay, well, who the hell did I kill? Okay, well, then why did I do that? And not only that, there, I even said this while we were watching that she mentions that like you know I even had my little problems. I even probably did something terrible like murder someone, probably a small child, because she totally looks like someone that kills children. And it's it's I'm sitting here going like you didn't think to maybe pass that one on? Maybe just maybe let them know, like, hey, in eight to ten years, something's gonna go down. Well, all right. You got anything else to say about any of this before we get into ratings? No. Uh, as I said, definitely, definitely recommend Psycho 2. Yeah. It is a worthy, worthy successor to the original Psycho. Surprisingly um, so, actually. This yeah. is a this is a big, big load <laughs> to take on, and he did it really, really well. They, they, it, it was well directed. It's, I mean, it's Anthony Perkins. I mean, so you're, I, I expect a good performance from Anthony. That's the Perkins. thing is, if if it had been anyone other than him, I, I would write Vince this Vaughn. movie off completely. But Vince Vaughn. it's, well, no, I just mean in the sequel to this story. No, no, I, no, 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 no. I meant had Vince Vaughn or someone like that been in that, yeah, I would write it off. Yeah, it, it's as, be- as I wrote off the remake. It's because it's the original guy that played Norman Bates in this movie playing yes. him 22 years later that is why this works so well and and Anthony Perkins knows this character inside and out and it really feels like Norman Bates coming out of that psychiatric hospital so dude the way he says cutlery in that first yeah. scene when he's giving her the sandwich yeah. I was just like oh cutlery <laughs> so all right cutlery. well why don't you uh, give me your final thoughts and your ratings on psycho 2 Psycho 2 is, as Mike said, probably I would consider it one of the top horror sequels of all time. Maybe one of the top sequels of all time. Um, I think it's I think it's underrated, but not underappreciated. I think anybody that's seen it... I've never heard anybody talk shit on Psycho 2. No. And there's a reason for that. It's underappreciated, though, because I don't know a lot of people that have actually seen Psycho 2. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because... Psycho, the original Psycho is held up on such a ridiculous, worthy pedestal that most people go, well, Psycho 2, 22 years later, like, you know, it, it, it instills doubts in you. You just but, assume it's going to be shit. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It's, it, it is the, the goddamn camera work in this movie. It's fucking awesome in, in oh. every scene. And and the lighting to go along with it is incredible. Yes, it's dude. It's and not even yes. to mention the fucking music is yep. phenomenal. All of that, all of the technical aspects of this film are, are insanely good. Yeah, it's it, it's very it, it's very similarly lit to the original Psycho. Uh, the it's whole time just I was watching it's it, it's in color and you can tell. Yeah, and, but the whole time I'm watching it, I like I've worked with black and white. I've worked with color enough to be able to sit there and go like, okay, I can get an, a vague idea of what it's going to look like in black and white. And I could envision this being in black and white. And had they done this in black and white, 
it would have. I think it would have matched Psycho one. Yeah, it's that really, harsh. Really well. It's that harsh lighting I that you actually, have to do for black and white that works so well, and they made it work in color. Yeah, I I, I will actually say like I recently bought a Psycho, the first Psycho in four K. I've got it right back here, and I watched it. And even though the transfer is dog shit. Universal, which is a whole other topic. We could go on forever about how 4K transfers are not all the same. But I've watched the original one. I've watched this one within about... It's been like two to three weeks since I watched the original. It was really recent. And having done so, I can sit there and go, this is not just a worthy successor in the fact that... it, uh, In the quality of it as a sequel, but also in the feeling of it being a psycho movie yeah so for sure i'm gonna give this an eight out of ten it's a phenomenal movie and i will say had i gave given psycho one a 10 out of 10 this would be a nine out of 10 i'm only doing and we don't normally rate our movies based off the quality of other movies but i feel like with something like this you kind of have to yeah there's no way to escape it in this one no i can't put this on the same pedestal as no. psycho i no. can't i just i just can't do it um and so yeah i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten it is a damn near perfect sequel yeah i mean i totally agree with that i think this is at least at the very least top five horror sequels of all time yeah. uh anthony perkins is incredible in this movie like he literally kills it uh even meg tilly <laughs> is pretty good despite how i feel about her character she's pretty damn yeah. good in this Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, like you said, the camera work is phenomenal. The lighting is great. The, the music is fantastic. Uh, but beyond that, there's a lot of really great actors in this and the cast is all really good across the board. This feels like a real thing that happened 22 years later after the events of psycho one. I love that. It's the same set. I love that it's the same buildings. I love that it's the same character, the same the same actor. I love all of that. And and because not not very often do you get something that many years later with the original guy playing the lead. And so right. because of that, I think that this is way stronger than it has any fucking right to be. The director, Richard Franklin, if we jump back over into it over here, uh, if we look at what he's known for, uh, it's not that much. And Lost World movie from 99. Um, Wait, with Will Ferrell? No, that's the, that's Land the other the one. I'm thinking Land of the yeah, Lost. Yeah, this is Lost World, oh. which is something completely different. Is it a porno? <laughs> it that's a porno. It definitely looks like it. Yeah. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World. No, Man, I don't we think it's we, a... We, we really recommend you skin an elephant for your busty chest. Give me the cheetah. <laughs> but like, if we if we look at his movies, uh, I haven't seen any of these other than Psycho Two, Patrick nope. Phantasm, not that Phantasm. Uh, Phantasm spelled F A N T A S. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. No, no, no. Keep going. And his, ooh, excuse me. And his ghost may be heard. Homicide, Road Games, Cloak and Dagger, Link. I don't know. None of this is anything that I'm familiar with, which makes it even crazier that he came up with that, that he came up and, and directed Psycho 2, uh, especially considering that he's relative in, in my world. Anyway, he's relatively unknown. Uh, it's fucking crazy. Every day. 
Every day he went into the studio. Can I do it? No. Can I do it? No. Can I do it? No. Can I do it? Fuck it. Give it to him. Well, it really feels like they were like, if we're going to do this, we need to do this the right way. Now, with that being said, there are other sequels after this movie. And and we are looking at just Psycho 2 on its own when compared to Psycho 1. Um, outside of that, I think that we can maybe... I don't know, maybe not look at any of the other sequels when talking about Psycho 2. Uh, this Challenge is one of the, accepted. This is one of the best horror sequels of all times. Yes. A- and, I, and I fucking love it. I'm going to go ahead and give this an 8 out of 10 as well. I think this is hella strong, and I really thoroughly fucking enjoy this movie. And there's very few things about it outside of the, the last... I don't know, five minutes that I don't really like. And and even with that last five minutes, I can look past that because the rest of it is so damn strong. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, eight out of 10 for me. Cool. So yeah. If you guys like this, make sure you hit the like button. If you really liked it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Cause we got a lot more content like this on this channel. We haven't been doing a podcast the last few weeks. We've both been super fucking busy. And so it's just been hard to get around to getting the two of us together. Um, but we are back. We're, we're going to be doing a lot more podcasts here in the future. Like I always say, if you prefer to listen to your podcasts, we are on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts in the form of audio. Um, and be sure, if you like this, be sure to check out some of the other playlists on our YouTube channel. We do all sorts of new stuff. We do all sorts of old stuff, just horror movies and some non-horror movies in general. Uh, there's a ton of stuff for just about any movie lover on this channel. So go make sure you check out some of that other stuff. Uh, and other than that, thank you guys so much for watching and getting all the way to the end of this. And we will see you guys next time from the deep. Bye-bye. Ta-ta.